Yo, what's going on? It's your boy G Money, aka G Dash MO. Keeping the G podcast, what well, we always keeping the G straight up and down. No ifs, ands, or buts, you know. So, this is episode three of the Keeping the G podcast. We got a special guest on that, but I'm going to introduce him in the first segment. So, but one thing I'm going to say though, before we get it going or whatever, or get it popping, if you will. It's going to be kind of a hilarious podcast. Not so much with the jokey jokes and all that, but, you know, towards the end of the podcast with the segment. And I'm make sure that'll be the first segment, you know, so y'all can understand where I'm coming from. Towards the end of the segment with me and my special guest, you know, we got kind of interrupted, so to speak, and... You know, mind you, this um the segment went a a good amount of time over forty minutes, but that's on the kind of we was having a good conversation, you know, and that's how I try to have my podcast. I try not to be so interviewish or whatever, and you know, I try to make it as much as a conversation more than anything. You know, I mean, yeah, it's going to be questions asked or whatever, but I mean, what podcast is going to ask questions? So, but I hope y'all enjoy it. And, you know, of course, I give it to y'all raw, uncut, unfiltered. You know, ain't no mixing. You know, this is through the Anchor app, too. Shout out to Anchor for the platform. I definitely appreciate it. And everybody else that's on this platform app, you know, I hope you guys appreciate it as well. You know, but again, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast, Keeping the G, episode three, and more to come. Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? It's your boy G Money, aka G Dash MO. It's that Keeping the G podcast. Got a special guest in the house. Got my boy Cook. Yeah. We from the top it up, talking for a little sports here and there, and amongst other things. So I'm gonna start this thing off. In regards to, I know your team, Tampa. <laughs> I got to man, like, hey, I, I, I gotta come out swinging, man. What's going on with Hargraves, man? Like, got caught up smoking something, like. Man, they don't know what the deal is. Well, they're not telling the public what the deal is, if it's, you know, a made-up video or what, but to me, that's him doing what he do, and just is what it is. Now, can you imagine if he did that, like, right before coming out of the draft? Oh, shit. Man, he would have plummeted. Yeah. I think he was overvalued anyway, and um, where it is, our GM... And his dad was cool, so that kind of solidified his draft spot with us. Uh-huh. I wanted um, the cat from Houston, William Jackson, the third, and he is in Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, man, he had a good year last year. That's who I truly wanted. Yeah, he balling out. Yeah. So, with the Bucks going 5-11 and 11 this past season, snatched up JPP, Jason Pierre Paul, um, how you feel about them grabbing JPP? And I mean, granted, I know what he about to hit thirty, but he's still playing at a decent level. I'm good with JPP. Um, it's a caveat with JPP though. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people say, "Oh, the hand, the hand, the hand ain't got nothing to do with it." In uh-huh. my book, you know, my opinion, JPP is a good player, but. You got to remember what the Giants did with him. Uh-huh. They had a mean rotation with him. Uh-huh. So he wasn't necessarily the man all the time. He did good last year. I think he had eight and a half sacks. Uh-huh. And he played like 90, 90%, 92% of the snaps, which is great. But, you know, that don't lend itself well to that wear and tear on his body him getting older and the thing with a lot of Tampa Bay fans they don't 
they have these grand expectations. And, you know, every fan base got that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you get down to being a realist about stuff. And, you know, we don't have a, a rotation. They just recently, they just basically rebuilt our whole defensive line this offseason. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of Gerald McCoy. So, you got pieces that they mixing and matching who never played together. And, you know, that that's... That's not a good look at the end of the day. So so with them adding Vinnie Curry from the Eagles, you think there's going to be, like, chemistry issues along the D-line? Yeah. It's, it's, of course, it's going to be chemistry issues. Um, Vinnie Curry, the only dude Vinnie Curry played with was Bo Allen. <laughs> so, you know, they kind of know how each other play. And, so uh, they can piggyback off each other in a sense, you think? To a degree, but... You also got to remember, everybody, who Bo Allen, Bo Allen was a rotational nose tackle, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't that, that fire starter in Philly. They had Brandon, Brandon Graham, uh, uh, Fletcher Cox. Yeah. You know, the aforementioned Vinnie Curry, um, the young boy from Tennessee, I can't remember his name, but the defensive end. You know, Bo Allen, oh, number one run stop. Like, dog, you understand what he was playing with? (laughs) You know? If he was that great, they wouldn't have let him go. And I know they let Vinnie Curry go because of bread. Yeah. But Tampa ain't really paying him too much, though, in a sense. They didn't pay him too much, but he got a, he got a, a, a solid salary. More than what he's worth, and there's nobody behind him. You know they're gonna. I think they're gonna rotate Bo Allen and Vinnie Curry at defensive tackle, and it's like, you know, there ain't no really no beef there, and Bo Allen is the beef, and like, dude, can he play? You know, can he sustain that beating? You know, for a whole game. You know, can he is he gonna make it sixteen games, you know? I'm not looking for him to be anything special, but So so if you think like what Jason Light saying, well, it was perceived that he was going after Robert Quinn, who ended up going to my team, the Dolphins, of course. If they would have snatched up Quinn, would they have tried to still go after JPP in a sense? No. They wouldn't have went after JPP if they would have got Quinn. But they went after Quinn, but Quinn's recent injury history, I think, scared them off from going harder because they could have went harder. Yeah. Um, Let's be real. JPP was another cap-cutting move. For the Giants. For the Giants. So, everybody's thrilled with what Tampa did. And I'm just like, okay, they took on contracts that people didn't want anymore, that teams were trying to shave. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the Giants had a bad year. Yeah. But, like, who wouldn't want to come off of JPP's contract after you spent, like, $200 million on that defense without JPP? And speaking of contracts, Cameron Brake tied in. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got a six-year, forty-one million million <clears throat> contract, eighteen million guaranteed. I, your thoughts on that? I like Cameron Bray. Uh-huh. He a good locker room guy. Which you need in this league. Which you need in this league. He comes to work. You don't hear his mouth. He does his job, but he's not. A forty-one million dollar player, and we all know he's not going to see all that forty-one million. Mm-hmm. But the eighteen guarantee over six years, it's easier to stomach. But nah, dog. <laughs> so like with him, yes, he essentially the starter. Essentially, yeah, he's the starter. I mean, especially if they give him that kind of money now. Well, OJ Howard coming in. This is going to be a sophomore season in the league. 
how you feel like is he more so going kind of he waiting in the wings obviously OJ Howard is going to have to force them to make him the number one mm-hmm. he can do it he's got the ability but he's I don't know if he's got the dog in him to make them do that but him coming from Bama I mean that don't that, essentially mean that that don't, that don't mean that because your tight ends your tight ends in Bama ain't asked to do nothing but block mm-hmm. so you know it's OJ I don't see him as a wave making type player right, you know, right. And, and in, in some ways that's good but in other ways that's bad like everybody knows Cameron Bray can't do what OJ Howard does mm-hmm. and that that showed this year alone and Man, rookie year, and it's like that dude, Cameron Break. Cameron Break is uh, find the find the hash marks, find the find that first down marker, and try to get free. Yeah, that's it. Cameron Break ain't that dude who is streaking down the scene, giving you another option. You know, on side of Mike Evans. Maybe cutting across, doing a fifteen yard drag route on somebody, and and Deshaun running straight down the field. So more so moving the chains. Yeah. Or at least trying to at move least the trying chain. to move the chains, right. Break got some nice hands, but he can't separate. Mm-hmm. You know, is he separates well in traffic, but he he's not a get off me type player, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you get a, a fairly athletic Linebacker on him, mm-hmm. so I think some defensive ends can cover him. To be honest with you. Yeah. But you get a fairly athletic linebacker. You know, Cameron Bray just you're gonna have to rely on Jameis putting that ball only where he can catch it. Yeah. And you know, I I ain't necessarily a Tampa fan, but you know, I watch him from afar. Obviously, right. me being a Dolphin fan, of course. Now, there's another contract got handed out. Brent Grimes, who was <laughs> nah, but G shit though, and we're keeping the G on the G shit. G shit always G shit. So, Brent Grimes, one year, ten million. One year, ten million. Like, G, we talk about this all the time, bro. Like, ain't he pushing thirty five? Yeah. So, like, that that's hella money. That's hella money. Thirty five, five foot eight. Like. Dog, we talk about this shit all the time, G. And I always tell you, my issue with what Tampa is doing mm-hmm. is our GM seems like he don't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have no problems with Brent Grimes. Mm-hmm. Brent is a good cornerback. Yeah, he's proven. He's proven he's, himself he's in the a, league. He's a proven cornerback, hands down. Starting with his Atlanta days. I mean, right. he was he he was doing his thing in NFL Europe. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's when I really caught on to Brent Grimes. Right. You know, he 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 he, 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 he that man got a lot of dog in it. Mm-hmm. But at some point, when you when you're in the process of building a team, mm-hmm. you have to evaluate your team properly. Mm-hmm. They got into it. They got into a, a problem with Vincent Jackson. Okay. And it took them two years to get Deshaun Jackson and uh, uh, damn my boy from Penn State receiver uh, Chris. Uh, you know, let it get. I get my memory yeah. get bad, but you know, it took them two years to get uh, another viable receiver. They were running out there with. Practice squad players, bro. Mm-hmm. And oh, we got Vernon Hargrave. Only Florida fans are gonna be like, yeah, Vernon Hargrave, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I'm, I try not to bring college into the NFL, but ain't nobody hyped about Vernon Hargrave, but University of Florida fans who happen to like town. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in state, so I mean, you know. Yeah. In some cases, you want to keep that in-state dude, but he ain't it. Yeah. So now you're in a situation where 
Vernon Hargraves is, is technically your best corner outside of Brent Grimes. Which is crazy. Right. You know, and no shade to Vernon Hargraves. You know, I mean, I, I guess he needs... Shade to Vernon Hargraves. I, Fuck that. <laughs> shade. I guess he, he need a little more developing. Bro, you trash. <laughs> I hope you hear this podcast. Bro, you trash. You garbage. But I keeping it in state because um, I know the draft coming up. And a lot of people, even my, I'm not going to say myself, but obviously I, I'm, I've watched the guy from afar. Florida State's on Durham James. Where should he be going? Woo, woo. I, now, want, I want him in Tampa. And y'all got what the seventh um, seven pick, right? Seventh pick, yeah. So you know all these experts like Mel Kuyper. I, I want to say Tom McShay too, talking about oh, you know if Bradley Chubb happens to fall mm. to and like and you guys were up and he was still sitting there to go grab him. They're gonna run and get him. They got to. And, but it's proven, like a whole bunch of scouts saying that, you know, obviously because y'all got, um, what's the dude, the, um, y'all second round pick? Um, Justin, um, the safety y'all got. Oh, Justin Evans. Yeah. Y'all got him. So if, say y'all didn't grab Chubb right. and y'all ended up getting James. That would be perfect. You know, so they played a perfect free safety, strong safety combo. Perfect combo. And, but with Jason Light's, I guess, history, (laughs) for some strange reason, would he mess that up? Yes. He going to avoid the secondary altogether. (laughs) That is nuts, man. That is. The thing about Jason Light, he is, he falls into that draft for need type player mm-hmm. when he should have been drafting secondary players two years ago. Mm-hmm. He always waits until he has a need and then he drafts. And then he ends up looking stupid when the shit don't work out. Yeah. That's not how you build a team. That's not how you evaluate a team. I don't know who his, his scouts are. I don't know who his people are, but need new people and maybe he need to go back to scouting and then learn something because you can't tell me the, the Browns are about to surpass us the Browns been bad for 20 years bro shit how you think I feel as a Dolphin fan but y'all still better y'all y'all still in a better spot than we are y'all in a way better y'all don't have any secondary woes like mm-hmm. we do Y'all don't have any defensive line woes like we do. Mm-hmm. Y'all trying to trim the fat. We ain't got no fat to trim. See, like with us letting go of Sue, of course that was a money move. That was a money move, yeah. You know, I mean, they should never. I don't think they should have gave him that kind of contract anyway. He, but he was, I guess he was worthy of that contract yeah. at the time. But you know, it is what it is. And then they kept restructuring where they had to keep pushing the money back. Well, at the end of the day, you can keep pushing that bread back. He's still going to eventually get paid right, that money. Right, he's still going to get paid you that know? money. I don't even know what the um, dead money hit right now is, you know, but I know it got to be up there. It's probably Because it, when he signed that contract, lot, yeah. it was $61 million guaranteed. Guaranteed, yeah. Like, come on, man. You ain't got no wiggle room after that. And then Tannehill, not to bring the Dolphins in it, but Tannehill, <laughs> I think what? I think he was at what nineteen million or nineteen million this year guaranteed. Yeah. You know, like, oh come on, man! Like the moves these teams be making, man, be killing me. Especially the Dolphins, man. But see, I would love for my team to be in y'all shoes because y'all got a coach mm-hmm. who has an actual vision, and your GM has bought into that vision of that coach. Mm-hmm. That's why you may feel like. A lot, y'all have a lot of turnover, you know, losing uh, your running back, mm-hmm. you know, losing Sue. Yeah. And the year before last, that, that, that cut of players that they had, but y'all ultimately got better. Yeah. I mean, it's. And with Landry going now, y'all mm-hmm. offense is going to be unpredictable. With yeah. Landry has y'all offense predictable. 
because yeah. you gotta feed him. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, who are we gonna cover? Because you gotta catch Kenny Stills. Devontae Parker is gonna muscle you. You know, uh, if Isaiah Ford comes back healthy, he might be a problem. Yeah. Um, I forget the dude y'all got from Temple uh, a couple years ago. If he can get the, the third play, round pick, right? Yeah. Um, Leontay Carew. Carew, yeah. Leontay Carew. If he can somehow manage to get the playbook down mm-hmm. and be effective, yeah. he can give you what Landry was giving you. Yeah. And you don't need the 10 catches a game for 70, 80 yards from that one player. Which is, in a way, like, that's like cheap stats. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. 10 catches, but barely over 50 yards. Yeah, right. Like, you know, and we lucky if we get a touchdown. That's a, that's a tight end, bro. You know. That's a tight end, bro. Let's, let's be 100% real. That's a tight right. end. You're absolutely right. And your higher level tight ends blow those stats out of the water. Mm-hmm. You know, you get your Bronx, you get your Wittens, your Jimmy Grahams. You know, the, them stat, those stats are minuscule to them, bro. They'll, they'll get those 50 yards in two, three catches. Yeah. With a touchdown. <laughs> uh, so... But let me ask you, Norm, and not to go off on a tangent or whatever. Now back, back on the Bucks. Y'all let Doug Martin go. Fuck him. I, I mean, obviously he had his problems or whatever. Fuck him. <laughs> so. Fuck him. If if <laughs> addressing off running back, um, in the draft, <laughs> who can you see the Bucks going after? <laughs> You know, you got um, guys from LSU coming out. You know what I'm saying? Carry on Johnson out of Auburn. You know, Sony Michelle. I mean, Nick Chubb gonna be gone. I'd imagine at least in the top ten, maybe. You no, know. I think Chubb gonna be Chubb gonna make it to the second round. Think so? Yeah. If he don't make it to the second round, he'll be late first round. Late first round. Mm-hmm. But now you think that's on account of all the other needs these teams. Trying to satisfy that, I don't think a lot of teams are comfortable with his knees, mm-hmm. which I am. I, just, I think he's all right. They just had to. They just had to feature Sony Michelle in Georgia a little bit more. I'd be less comfortable with Michelle because of his knees. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he got hurt in eighth grade. Like I was telling you, I don't think Michelle is gonna hold up in this league. He'll have he'll probably have a couple nice games and you know that coming out party type shit like oh Sonny Michelle and then poof. You know, I, I don't hope that for him, but yeah. I just don't see him being an impact player. Because yeah. you know, people look at, oh, he's fast and you know he's got a decent size on him. Oh yeah. That don't mean too much, bro. Yeah. yeah. How many fast ass Running backs come out of the draft every year, and you never hear of them outside of the combine. Just like um, I watched one game; it was American Heritage versus Central. Okay. And you know, Sony Michelle was featured. I think he had damn near 200 yards that game, and he was pretty much that bright spot in that game. And it's like I said, okay, this this boy can hang, you right. know. And you know, obviously, with the eye test, of course, I'm like, man, I hope he go to UM. But, you know, with, I guess, all the turnover we was having at the time, he was like, man, like, forget that. Right. I'm going to just go to Georgia. You know, which, I mean, I don't blame him because if there's a lack of consistency in the in the coaching staff, I mean, like, how could you feel you comfortable? Right. You can't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. You know. But um, to get back to what you're saying, uh... I think they're looking at Geis. Depends on how far he falls. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not. A, he's not a top ten pick. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do think they're looking at Geis, but I don't think he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know they're looking at Sonny Michelle. I think they're low key looking at Chubb. And uh, I believe I heard they were looking at Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the running back that they need is not in this draft. 
So you think they should address their need like in running back um, in free agency? The running back that who they should have went after in free agency is in Cleveland now. Mm. And that's Carlos Hyde. So yeah. I think they dropped the ball on that big time. Mm-hmm. And they're going to end up paying for it. So it's... You're one of my guys of fantasy. I hope to, I, I hope to get him again. <laughs> I hope to get him again. You might have a you might have a good fantasy season, but that's you know depending on if Cleveland does what they're supposed to do and get and they pick up Barkley first overall, which I doubt they're going to do that. But hey, oh no, G, it's you know football is weird, bro. Man, it's so up and down. I mean, football is weird. It's like a year-to-year thing. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, less, I don't necessarily like know the X's and O's or whatever. But from what I see, like, I mean, from year to year, this thing changes. Now, jumping out of Florida for a little bit, um, you know, bounce around the league a little here and there. Yeah. What you think going on in, in New England, like? <laughs> with this whole Gronk finally deciding, okay, yeah, he gonna come back or whatever. Like, there gotta be a little something going on with Belichick and Brady, or you know, like the coaching staff. Like, what the hell going on up there? And I hope this is Brady last year, cause man, like my Dolphins need <laughs> Brady killing y'all, just killing y'all, Shit, man. Children have been born and going to college now. Brady been beating y'all. That. Oh. Not, not just y'all to lead. Brady been ripping the lead. But um, Gronk said something interesting a while back. He said that this was the first year he didn't have fun being a Patriot. And But how the hell they, if they went to the Super Bowl? Bro, you ain't. And, and then they fucked up by not playing Malcolm Butler, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, you that damn vindictive? Like, you don't want to play this, man? Like, like hey. I don't know, man. Hey, and they, and they still didn't do that bad. <laughs> Which is crazy. Which is, but that just goes to show you how they operate up there. You know, we got somebody in the fold nobody never heard of. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was a, it was a lot to that story with, uh, with a lot of turmoil between Brady and Belichick and Kraft. Uh, mm-hmm. Because essentially they trying to gear up to possibly push Brady out. Cause I, That's I'm, what I think. I know they were kind of a little, it's almost like they had a gun to their head with, with the whole Garoppolo, Garoppolo situation. Yeah. And it's like it's almost like either play him or try to ship him out to get something for him, which they ended up doing. And he ends up signing that five-year, $137 million contract with um, San Fran, right. which is crazy for a dude. Granted, yeah, he ended up playing towards the end of the season, but it's like now he gonna really have to try to prove his worth. Yeah, but Garoppolo actually fell into the best situation for him mm-hmm. with Shanahan there. Yeah, because Shanahan is going to Shanahan not gonna make him the man. Mm-hmm. He might be the man as far as pay is concerned, mm-hmm. but Shanahan is not going to put. A shitload of pressure on him. Yeah. You know, he, he's going to be doing a lot of stuff that Brady is doing in New England still. They're going to make it comfortable for him. Mm-hmm. And once they get tooled up properly, mm-hmm. just like in Atlanta, just like in Washington, just like in Cleveland, Shanahan going to have that offense humming. And it seemed like Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, is like a true offense, well, true quarterback guru in a sense because he knows how to adjust a certain player's skill set, like with RG3. You know, it's almost like he's not as dynamic or um, shifty like, say, Vic, but obviously he's, he's almost like a run-first quarterback. Yes. And Shanahan still – made him look great, you know, when he was in Atlanta working with Matt Ryan, you know. I think that was one of Matt Ryan's um, best seasons. That was his best season. Wow. <laughs> you see? Down. You see? And now, with him not being there, 
it's almost like he kind of took a little dip. But not to say Matt Ryan ain't a good quarterback. I mean, he is good. I mean, decent quarterback. He, he people people get things misconstrued, and we're speaking realistically here. Uh huh. Coaching matters. Where was Matt Ryan before Shanahan got there? Average quarterback at best. Basically. You wouldn't mind having him in a backup role. You know, he can get the job. Man. He's serviceable. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, Shanahan's first year with Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan was giving him help. They had a sit down. Mm-hmm. Figured it out. And next year, Falcons in the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan, MVP season. Yeah. Numbers out of this world. Mm-hmm. Shanahan leaves, and Matt Ryan back to being the average quarterback. Offense stumbling over itself. Mm-hmm. Can't figure it out. Coaching matters, bro. I mean, granted, they still, you know, went and made it in a good place. I mean, like, this past year, they, they made it in the playoffs. They made you know. it to the playoffs, but they didn't pass the eye test. Yeah. They, they looked nowhere near as good this past year than they did the year before. Mm-hmm. You know, you still got, they still had the whole squad there for the most part. Yeah. Still got your running backs. Still got Julio. Mm-hmm. Still got Sanu. Another and, one of my fantasy guys. <laughs> and them boys look completely different. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't getting Julio the ball in the red zone. Like, really, dude? This dude, like, this dude is a monster. What, 6'3", 230, some, somewhere mm-hmm. around there? Can't get he can't get enough red zone looks really. Oh. Come on, bro. <laughs> so it's coaching matters, dog. It's, there's a reason Brady is still doing what he's doing because mm-hmm. Belichick is there. Even when Todd, uh, uh, their offensive coordinator, when he McDaniels. left, McDaniels, Josh McDaniels, when he left and went to Denver, there was no fall off. No. Nah. Now their next offensive, that that their offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, he's in Houston. Yeah. So there's there's no fall off if your coach knows what he's doing. It's a reason Andy Reid's still coaching in this league. Yeah. Belichick, you you get all those long tenured coaches. There's a reason because they know what they're doing. Their teams don't fall off. Mm-hmm. They may have a bad year here or there, but their teams don't fall off lives. Yeah. Now, you bring up Andy Reid. He just got a weapon in Sammy Watkins. You know, he signed a, what, a three-year, $48 million deal? Yeah, we got paid. Now, Sammy Watkins is a baller, but it's just him trying to stay healthy. And I know he got a concussion history. Like, what you make of that? Like Concussion history, leg history, what? Boy, there's a injury. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's an infirmary. He, he came with a roll of gauze tape. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, Sammy. The thing about Sammy, the the threat of Sammy Watkins is mm-hmm. a perfect fit anyway. I mean, he'll stretch the field. He's gonna it. stretch the field, and he's gonna fight for the ball. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah. And as of late, he's kind of developed some some, some hand-eye coordination issues. So, you know, he got to work on, on getting those hands back. But if he can stay healthy, you got a quarterback who got an arm. You got a receiver on the other side who you have to respect with Tyreek Hill. He going to run past you like you – going the opposite way. Not standing still like you going the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's in a he's in a good spot to, to resurrect his career and show that he's worth that contract. Because the question is, can he do it? So, them bringing him the you, you think that's going to mess up anything they got going on with Tyreek Hill? And is Mahomes going to be able to, like, not to say that Alex Smith had, like, big-ass shoes to fill, but obviously he held it down over there. Now, with him going to Washington, Mahomes is going to be asked to do a lot, I would think. 
Well, you got to look. What do we know about Patrick Mahomes? We know he's got a rifle arm. Mm-hmm. He can sling that bitch. That's what we know about him. We don't know if he can work the, the middle of the field. We don't know how accurate he is on those intermediate routes with these guys moving. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he can read defenses quickly enough yet. Hell, we don't know if he can, you know, if he has the playbook down. Mm-hmm. So, more than Sammy, Mahomes is going to be the X factor in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So, but Andy Reid is a quarterback, a coach, you know, he, his quarterback's always on point. Mm-hmm. Even though he had a year where they ain't, Alex Smith didn't throw any touchdowns. Which was nuts. Alex Smith still didn't hurt the team. Mm-hmm. And that's coaching in, in his purest form. Don't hurt the team. So, to me, the biggest, that, yeah, Mahomes is their biggest question mark. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sold on him. You know, because well, he went to what on Texas Tech, Texas Tech yeah. and I felt like it was a reach with them grabbing him. To be honest with you, like you know, because I, I don't think he was even slated to slated to even go in the first round, bro. And, and that's that's part of the problem with the league right now. It, it's If you, they, everybody feels like if you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Baltimore won without a quote-unquote quarterback. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams have won without a quote-unquote quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Eagles just won Super Bowl with their backup quarterback, who they let go. He went a couple other places, looked like trash, and came back to better coaching. Which is crazy. Like, everything just came back full circle for Nick Folk. Right. But, you know. I mean, Nick Foles. It's, it's, you got to have the coaching and you got to have the talent there to coach. I think Andy Reid is going to make Patrick Mahomes look real good. But a lot of teams going to the draft and pick these quarterbacks who they know need to sit a year or two mm-hmm. and they look for that flash in the pan and it's like dude are you trying to build something just to get this ring real quick or make this playoff run real quick or are you trying to build and be the next Patriots you know be the next Steelers like I'm, I care about a ring, but I care more about consistency. Yeah, like you need like a long term future right. thing. Like, I don't want the ring one year and then the next ten to twelve years with these players. You know, we barely sniffing the playoffs. Like that, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. Yeah, because with Tampa, we got that ring in 0-3, We beat the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Bro, it's 2018. We ain't sniffed the playoffs in 10 years. And, like, just the last 10 years, we still got the same holes for them 10 years. Like, when is when are we going to get somebody in here to address these holes? And, and that, like, if, if management can't, see that like then Lord help him looking for that flash in the pan bro yeah. I, I, I want I want my team I want my team to be a decade team like okay my team been a perennial playoff team for 10 years yeah you know get in there get knocked out second round get knocked out first round make it to the championship game you know make it to the Super Bowl I want that consistency. Yeah. Even if we don't get that ring, I want that consistency. And then that way, like, say you make it to a divisional round, 
people get knocked out, okay, you can sit back, you know, do your research, look at the game film, and then, all right, maybe this piece need to be get taken out, add this type piece or whatever, and next year you probably could make it even, even further, you know, and exactly. and that's where like just like with the Dolphins, you know, Tannehill got knocked out of the um, towards the end of the year. Matt Moore, I, I, and don't get me wrong, I love Matt Moore, but it's almost like he's been prone to just be in the backup, like never truly prepared to assume that starter role, even though many years ago before they drafted Tannehill, I think he should have got the opportunity to be, be a starter, you know, because I think that was the year they should have did it. But nevertheless, hey, I ain't no GM, you know, I ain't no VP of football operations, so... I mean, what the hell do I know? <laughs> you know? So, you but. Can, you, can, you don't have to be those things to see stuff, G. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's like this. You're riding down the road on a Sunday Sunday afternoon, right? You're riding down the aisle. Mm-hmm. You see a bunch of cars lined up in the HOV lane. HOV lane like it's shut down. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ain't no traffic analyst, but you start seeing new cars lined up. Uh-huh. Okay, shit, it's an accident. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can see stuff and it's like, bam, bam, light go off like, bam, okay. This is what the problem is. And when you get up, lo and behold, it's, a, it's an accident. You know, some things are clear. Yeah, we don't have the inner workings of, of how these... GMs do things, but you know, you can't tell me giving Jamarcus Russell $60 million. Oh my gosh. You know, giving Jamarcus Russell $60 million was was an intelligent thing. You know. Shit, uh, but with that arm he had, like, the man could sit on his ass and throw a ball 60, 70 yards. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to make no excuse for him, but I can understand why, but... From the athletic standpoint, yeah. But that's where it comes into you doing your research, you mm-hmm. doing your job. Yeah. Okay, how's this dude's work ethic? Mm-hmm. Work ethic is trash. What does he do when he's not playing ball? Mm-hmm. He by street life, you know? Okay, he got the talent. He just don't have the mind for it. And that's what he, these teams be fucking up. Like they don't do that due diligence, you know. Especially like coming from a major program, like say like a LSU, you know. So I mean, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. But it is what it is. Um, last thing. Um, again, going back to Tampa. Seven pick. Who y'all think I should go go after? Well, if the draft works out the way I expected, mm-hmm. I said we should grab Derwin James and be happy. Go sit in the corner and laugh at everybody. <laughs> oh man! But you know, it, it's still a lot of time before the draft, and a lot of people are, a lot of teams are still moving. So you really can't even pin down uh, accurate uh, accurate draft list right now. Yeah. The Giants are trying to, the word is they're shopping that second bid. Yeah. So, it is, it is, it's a lot of craziness, mm-hmm. you know, with the draft. So, you just really can't, you just really can't put anything down solid yet. Oh, okay. Alright, cool, cool, cool. Well, it is what it is. I guess we'll go ahead and wrap that up. You know, keeping the G podcast, your boy G Money aka G Dash MO. Conversation with my boy Cook. You know, and hey, we're gonna have to do this again. Yes sir, yes sir. You know how it is, you know how we do. Alright, keeping the G podcast, holla at your boy. Yeah.
You know, again, this your boy G Money, aka G Dash MO, keeping the G podcast. And of course, it wouldn't be a podcast without me talking about one of my favorite things to talk about. And that is the WWE. Yeah, that's right, I'm a wrestling fan, you know. And of course, this is WrestleMania weekend. WrestleMania actually gonna be tomorrow. So I had to kind of give my little, I guess, analysis or pre-analysis of what's to come, you know. Of course, today they had WWE NXT New Orleans, you know, that was basically the pay-per-view before WrestleMania, you know, with their sort of indie-style brand that WWE have, but it's almost like a, kind of like the New Age farm system, if you will, because they don't have the Heartland Wrestling, I guess, farm system that they used to have, or Ohio Valley Wrestling. You know, they they broke broke away from being with the WWE. So now it's WWE NXT, and of course, Triple H is the man behind that. You know, he was given the keys by Vince, and man, he's he took off with that thing. You know. So, but, um, of course, on the NXT New Orleans, well, NXT TakeOver New Orleans show that they had today, you know, a couple new faces, you know, made appearances. EC3, formerly known as Derek Bateman when he was there before, you know, but, of course, when he was in Impact, he was EC3. You know, he made his... Redebut, if you will, you know he participated in uh, in the ladder match with uh, Lars Sullivan, you know Adam Cole, you know of course Adam Cole from Ring of Honor. Now he's with WWE NXT, you know of course there was in the six man ladder match, and you know I don't remember everybody off the top of my head that was part of that match, but um. Of course, Adam Cole ended up winning, so he became the new WWE NXT North American Champion. You know, so that's a new title that they introduced. And also, Ember Moon, you know, who was the women's champion in NXT, she ended up dropping the title to Shayna Baszler, you know, formerly a UFC or MMA um, fighter, you know, so this is going to be her first reign with the NXT Women's Championship, so I don't know if Ember Moon's probably in the process of being called up to the main roster with WWE, but, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how that go, you know, and, of course, um, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne ended up losing to the Undisputed Era, where it showed Roderick Strong ended up turning heel and basically turned heel on Pete Dunne. And he ended up joining the Undisputed Era. You know, now I'm just giving a quick rundown of everything and how everything went down. You know, at least from when I checked the results because, you know, I wasn't able to watch NXT on TakeOver New Orleans. But, of course, when I get the chance, you know, I'm going to check it. Check it out, because I do got the WWE Network. So, of course, um, he ended up joining the Undisputed Era. That's, you know, the group with Adam Cole kind of acting as the leader. You know, Bobby Fish. You know, these guys, they was in um, Ring of Honor together. So, you know, there's a lot of history there. And, um, of course, um, Kyle O'Reilly. That's the other dude, you know. He's the dude I believe that's injured. It's either him or Bobby Fish. One of them is. I believe it's Bobby Fish that's the one that's hurt. So. So now with Roderick Strong being part of the Undisputed Era, I don't know how things gonna shape up. I mean, WWE NXT is an exciting brand, man. Like, not really people. Like, not much people really, truly be all up into it per se, because you know. The WWE Network is more so 
like device driven and when I say that it's like you either gotta have it on your cell phone or tablet, you know. So you probably can have it on your computer or whatever, but it's not like you could just have it hooked up to your television and you can but it's a hell of a process, um, hooking certain things up and all this and that, man. Me, I, I just do old school in a new school way where I got it on my phone, HDMI cord, plug it up, boom, watch it on TV like that. And also, can't forget that NXT Championship match, Andrade Cien Almas took on Alistair Black, and Alistair Black ended up winning the title, you know, so now he's the new NXT Champion. You know, so I don't know if our miss is going to be making his way up to the main roster. And it's going to be interesting because the former champion before our miss became champion, Drew McIntyre, he's pretty much almost cleared to come back from his biceps injury. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Because he's definitely going back to NXT, you know, to finish up over there. And, you know, it will be a moment of time before he's on the main roster. So, a lot of exciting things happening, you know, within the WWE, you know. And, of course, it would it be in WrestleMania weekend. One thing I wanted to touch on is, you know, straight to the point, two things. I'm not going to talk about all the other matches, but more so... Two people in two matches. Um, first and foremost, you know, I gotta do ladies first. Um, Ronda Rousey, she's gonna be teaming up with Kurt Angle to take on Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. And I guess her clearing it from the UFC, you know, and going to WWE, some people looked at it as like. A soft move or whatever, but you gotta understand, she's doing what's best for her, and you know, she, I guess the UFC wasn't what was best for her. I mean, she's a draw, so she, either way, she gonna make the money, and her having that star power, being able to take that to WWE, you know, so. It's good for WWE, but at the same time, it's not necessarily all that great for Ronda because of the fact that she's not well-versed or well-trained in the way of performing, you know, in that world. And when I say in that world, like, you know, learning how to shoot and learning how to work, you know. So... She got to basically train and, you know, be able to understand, you know. I mean, not to say that she doesn't understand shoot or work. You know, of course, a work is, as like people like to call, you know, the wrestling business fake or whatever. But it's the work style, you know, shoot that's basically real, you know. So, but of course, you got to be a wrestling fan to understand that. And not many people truly understand that type of thing. So, and of course, with WWE, they're trying to capitalize on her star power. And that's why they essentially rushing her, I guess, being able to, I guess, fully gain the concept of learning how to work, you know, work in that type of environment, you know. But nonetheless, I mean, they're going to capitalize on her fame and, you know, it's smart on WWE's part, but if she's going to be a full-time performer for them, she got to be on point, you know. She got to know how to work the way she needs to work, you know. Also, with it being WrestleMania weekend, can't forget the other person, and that's Brock Lesnar. 
Brock Lesnar got that that drawing power, you know, just like with Ronda Rousey. And if you really think about it, with Brock being who he is and what he's been able to accomplish, you know, NCAA heavyweight champion, of course, when the WWE became WWE heavyweight champion, won. Of course, he's the current universal champion, which is a BS title in my opinion, but whatever, that's my opinion. And of course, he managed to go to UFC and become the heavyweight champion over there. So, Brock is already legit. He been legit. And the fact that coming from the WWE world, went to the UFC world, and was able to dominate, you know, he got basically ESPN to cover WWE in a sense, you know. And now with especially with Ronda Rousey going from UFC to WWE, like they're always it's gonna always be that kind of perfect balance from I guess the shoot world and the work world, so to speak. Or if you don't understand real life and, and you know, story, you know. So but it's a smart thing with WWE, especially like continuing to do business with Brock. But the only question now is, okay, with them saying that obviously he's going back to UFC, he he's going to have to drop the title. And with him, he's going to go against Roman Reigns um, today at WrestleMania from um, Silver Dome. The thing with that, WWE could possibly pull a swerve. And by pulling a swerve, they could mess around and keep the title on Brock. Because even if his contract is up, or probably not even up, you know, but, I mean, rumors have it saying that you know, his contract is up. And so with it being up, it makes sense for him to drop the title to Roman. And Roman is supposed to be the the next poster child of WWE or the new Cena or however you want to put him. You know, he's basically the new appointed guy. So, but I feel like I wouldn't be surprised WWE pull a swerve and they could mess around and keep the title on Brock and you know because he still has to serve out the suspension he got um after the fight he had with Mark Hunt when he did the little one off with WWE allowing him to have one fight in the UFC and that's something that's never been done before you know so and of course after the fight, you know, mandatory drug testing, he got busted for, you know, whatever it was. I don't know if it was a PED or something. And I think he got like a two-year ban from the, um, whatever the um, drug administration um, council that submitted the drug testing to Brock. So he still has to finish serving out that suspension. So with that being said, you know, I don't know if he has either a year left or a couple months or whatever. So he could still, I don't know if he'll be allowed to go ahead and start MMA training again, but he could also still stay in the WWE and probably hold on to the universal title a little bit longer. I mean, because he, he's going to eventually drop it to Roman. I mean, let, let, let's cut the shit. Like, come on. You know, they're going to put that belt on Roman and they they kind of need to because with the champion not being there every day, I'm not saying the champion has to literally be on Monday Night Raw every single day, but it would help legitimate or legitimize the title because really on Monday Night Raw, the only title that's really 
there on a consistent basis is the Intercontinental Championship. And that's what The Miz is currently holding. You know, I don't know if he's going to lose his title in this triple threat match with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, but that's definitely going to be an exciting match. So, but I'm not going to go down the whole WrestleMania card. You know, I'll probably do a review afterwards, you know, give my take on certain matches and, you know, the show overall. So, and of course, if and when I get a chance, I'll definitely watch the whole NXT TakeOver New Orleans and give my review on that as well. They'll probably, my review on WrestleMania and NXT TakeOver New Orleans probably be on the same review or same episode. So, but I guess I'll go ahead and end this podcast. This is episode three, Keeping It G podcast with your boy G Money, a.k.a. G-MO. I hope you guys enjoyed. See you on the next episode.